listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Total victory over discouragement, anxiety, and heaviness. Total victory. Hallelujah. It's not enough to just have part-time victory. It's not enough to just have uh, some up days. You're called to have an up lifestyle. That every single day of your life, you are walking in supernatural victory. Amen. That's your portion. That is your portion. That is your inheritance uh, in Christ. Now, it doesn't mean that uh, the enemy won't try to attack you. That's what we're dealing with this week. Of course, he's going to try to attack you. Of course he will. He'll try, he'll try, he'll try, but he fails every time. Because, as I told you the other day, we have access to the shield of faith. And the shield of faith extinguishes every fiery dart of the wicked one. Not some of them, every single one. And so uh, I've been giving you practical steps every day to walk in total victory over these three things. And you know, it's not, it's not, these aren't small things. These are major areas that the enemy is using to try to attack God's people. Major areas. You say, how major is it? It's major enough that it's now the number one prescribed medication in America, antidepressants. No question about that. It's surpassed heart medication. I mean, you know how big that is? They're telling us that um, one out of every four, now it might be one out of every three Americans, because that's old data, uh, are taking an antidepressant just to get through their day. So this is not some small thing we're dealing with. It's not some small thing. This is a major attack against the body of Christ and against humanity that the enemy is waging uh, before Jesus comes. Good morning, Faith. Good morning to everybody. I love you. I'm so happy you're here. Um, Nicholas said, uh, I've been battling it for three to four years. And that's exactly right. Uh, God doesn't want me to leave this way. No, he does not. No, he does not. And that's why I'm doing this. There are so many people that are battling this stuff, that uh, it needs to be preached and taught more, not less. More, not less. And so I'm telling you today, it's vital that you share this broadcast and share this series. Again, we're doing this for you that after even this series is finished, we're going to put it in one playlist on YouTube that you can um, literally go back and listen and listen and listen. And then, of course, it's going to be on the podcast as well. And... um, And we're doing that because it's, it's something that needs to be revisited. You know, when something's true, when something's powerful, when something is of God, scriptural, it doesn't need to just be taken in once. It needs to be taken in again and again and again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so your faith will be built. It's going to be built today again. But it needs to be constantly taken in, constantly taken in to your spirit. And so... That's why we're dealing with this. So 
One of the things that I told you at the very beginning of the week, I'll say it again. Um, we know that the devil cannot cancel your covenant with God. He can't do that. He can't steal your salvation covenant. So what does he do? He tries to get you to self-destruct. And I think that's the best way to say it because if you have control, as I've been preaching, if you've got dominion and authority, if you've got the power of the Holy Ghost, then you've already got power over the devil. And as I taught yesterday, not only do you have power over the devil, you got power over your body, your flesh, you got power over your mind. And I taught that yesterday. If you missed it, go back and watch. So you've got power over the devil and demons. You got power over your body and you got power over your mind. And so the only way he can get you to fail is to self-destruct, self-destruct. So what does he try to do? He deceives you, tries to deceive you into making choices or thinking a certain way that leads to the path of destruction. And that's why there's many people, even Christians, even spirit-filled Christians that are battling uh, chronic depression, anxiety attacks, panic attacks, discouragement, feel like quitting, some feel like killing themselves. That's a demonic lie from hell, a deception that tries to keep you in bondage. And so I want you to see this now that we have, now to recap, Monday I talked to you about the power of prayer. That was part one. Not just prayer in your known language, but prayer in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. And you, again, any of these sessions you haven't watched, go back and you got to get them. You got to. They're all vital, all essential. Praying in tongues encourages your spirit. Praying in tongues edifies you. Praying in tongues stirs up your most holy faith. Praying in tongues is not speaking to men, but speaking to God. For Paul wrote, you're speaking mysteries in the spirit. And there's a power on that because it begins to attach to your body, mind, and spirit. Isn't that interesting? Praying in tongues affects your body, mind, and spirit. In fact, put that in the comments this morning. Praying in tongues affects my body, mind, and spirit. Hallelujah. Praying in tongues affects my body, mind, and spirit. And so that was day one. On day two, I preached on something that I'm calling the companion to prayer, which is praise. Prayer and praise go together. Prayer and praise go together. And uh, I talked about the power of praise. It pulls you into God's activated presence. Talked about that. How it provokes him to move on your behalf. But what, is, what happens when you get in his presence? There's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. So it takes you into that place of joy, overwhelming joy, right? Prayer brings you to that place where peace guards your heart and mind. So think of it that way. If you're talking about companion tools, okay, prayer and praise. Think of it this way. Prayer provokes God's peace. Praise provokes God's joy. Amen. Prayer provokes God's peace, Philippians chapter four. Praise provokes God's joy, Psalm 22, Psalm 16. I'll say that one more time. Prayer provokes God's peace. 
praise provokes God's joy. So when you, when you work them together, prayer and praise, that's what Paul and Silas did. Prayer and praise. What happens? Gives you access to peace and joy. Peace and joy. Prayer and praise gives you peace and joy. I'll say that again because this is vital. Prayer and praise gives you peace and joy. That's how you need to see it. They are both needed. They are both needed. Prayer and praise gives you peace and joy. And so we covered those two on the first two days. Yesterday, I talked about uh, the power of the word of God, speaking the word, right? That that's how Jesus functioned when the enemy was attacking him with thoughts and deceptions. What did Jesus do? It is written, spoke the word. What did God tell Joshua? Take this book of the law and don't let it depart from your mouth. I talked to you yesterday about how the spirit of faith is released by speaking. The spirit of faith is released by speaking. Thank you, Jesus. The spirit of faith is released by speaking. So you can't stay silent. You can't stay silent. You have to speak. You have to speak. Um, And Nicholas, let me say this, and all those that may have questions. Yesterday, I asked if you would send your questions in. If you've not yet become a part of the text family, you can go to miracleword.com forward slash text. And when you put the information, your information into that form, it logs it right into my phone. That way we can stay connected via text message. And I sent a text out yesterday because I wanted to hear back from those of you that had questions about this series. And uh, Nick, I would, I would encourage you as well to um, join the text family if you're not already. And then please text in that the questions that you have. I'm going to do my best tomorrow to do questions and answers and answer them as best I can for all those that wrote questions in. And so, again, if you're just jumping on, welcome. Please share this. It's vital. So we, we covered those three things uh, in the first three days. Today is day four. And I know I, I, I delayed it a little bit yesterday saying what, what the day was, but let me just say it right off the bat today. Number four is what we're dealing with today. And um, Lord, heal Nancy. Heal her eyes and her ears. She can't hear or see anything. Touch her, Lord. Open her eyes. Open her ears in Jesus' name. Or just refresh, Nancy, if you need to. Um, today, number four, we're dealing with your authority in Christ. And I want you to put that down. Number four, authority in Christ. Very, very important thing to understand. Authority in Christ. Amen. And we're going to deal with that today. Your authority in Jesus Christ. One of the things that um, you always have to keep at the forefront of your mind is that uh, it's not just Christ who is powerful. It's not just the Holy Ghost who is powerful. It's not just God the Father. It's not just angels. But the body of Christ, believers, are filled with power. Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost power. In fact, you know what Jesus said in the book of Acts? Jesus said, or excuse me, this was really in, in, uh, in Luke, he told them, go tarry in, Je- in Jerusalem. Until you're filled with power from on high. Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, you shall receive power. 
after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Hallelujah. And you shall be my witnesses. So listen to me now. The Holy Ghost in you gives you access to supernatural power. You have power. Hallelujah. People say, what does the resurrection mean to you, Brother Ted? What does Easter mean to you? I'll tell you what it means. It means I got power over the devil. Hallelujah. I'm not just redeemed. I've been given power over the wicked one. Amen. Amen. That's why Jesus sent us the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is upon you. Amen. Uh, Nancy jumped onto her son's YouTube channel. All right, I'm glad it's better for you now. So number four, our authority in Christ. Again, this is something Jesus first gave to his disciples and then to the entire body of Christ. Let me read this to you. And I'll tell you what's interesting when you read this is um, many times, and for years really, this was translated in a way that was hard for us to understand because the King James translated two Greek words as the same English word, but they're not. And let me explain to you what I mean. Luke 10 and verse 19. Mark it up in your Bible, put it in your notes. You can put it in the comments. Luke 10, 19. The Bible says, um, behold, Jesus is speaking. I have given you, well, let me start with verse 17 because it puts it in context. The 72 disciples returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us in your name. Look at that. They all, to every one of them, 72 of them, demons were subject unto them in the name of Jesus. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. (laughs) Glory to God. Now verse 19, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power, there it is, of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nothing shall hurt you. But if you read it in the King James, the King James Bible would say, I have given you power over all the power of the enemy. But that's not what the Greek manuscript says. The Greek manuscript uses two different words there. The first word truly is authority. The second Greek word there, the root dunamis, it is power of the enemy. Authority. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And I love how Brother Hagin explained this one time in the authority of the believer. He said, you know, if you're a police officer uh, that's standing and working a traffic light because the traffic lights went out and you know Uh, they're standing there directing traffic. Well, let me tell you, if a policeman has his hand held up or they got a stop sign turned towards you, he doesn't, his hand or that stop sign on a pole doesn't have more power than your F-150 truck. If you want to, you could just hit the gas, ignore his instructions and run right through his hand, run right through the stop sign. But you don't. You know why? Because what that police officer does have is authority, is authority. And there's consequences. There's consequences to rebelling against that authority. And so that's why people will come to a stop. It's not because uh, his hand has so much power that it would just push, you know, he's not Iron Man, to push your F-150 back onto the line. No, 
It's that he carries deputized authority in the state government to do what he's doing. And that's what, that's, that's even, you think about how powerful that is. That's, you don't even have to fight. You don't have to push. You don't have to use your strength. You know what you do? You can speak a word. You can just like a get on the ground, put your hands in the air, back up towards me, you know, like a police officer would do, right? Except the difference being that a police officer's authority is limited, watch, to whether or not that person decides to comply with his instructions. Ooh, I'm about to hit you with something that's going to make you dance. That's based on whether or not that person is going to comply with the police officer's instructions. The difference for us is that demons and the devil himself have no choice but to comply. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whoo, glory to God. Demons and the devil have no choice but to comply. You know why? Because our authority comes through the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost. So what demon is going to say no to the authority of Christ? What demon is going to reject the power of the Holy Ghost? They're not, they're not able to. That's why uh, when you read the, the scripture, the Bible does not say cast out demons unless they don't comply. It doesn't say that. Now you should cast out demons as much as possible unless they're stubborn, they don't, just don't comply with your commands and then you know just wait until Jesus comes back, he'll eject them all. No, it tells the believer, you shall cast out devils. You shall cast out devils. It's not you might cast out devils, you shall. You have the authority. Show me one place in the Bible where Jesus or the apostles after the resurrection, tried to cast out a demon and it said, no, we're not coming out. We're staying in this body. This is our home. We're staying here. No, no. The demons came out. When Jesus spoke, the demons came out. When the apostle Paul, when the apostle Peter, when they spoke, demons came out. When Philip began to preach, demons came out, right? They didn't decide. They didn't banter. They didn't negotiate. They came out. Because you have authority over all the power of the devil. Hallelujah. They have to do what the word of God says. They have to do what you command by the power of the Holy Ghost. Got to come out. Got to come out. Hallelujah. And so you have, and it'd be great, write this in the comments. I have authority over the devil. Just put that down. I have authority over the devil. And let me just tell you, those of you that are on, I want you to stick around for the end of this broadcast because I have an announcement to give you today that I'm very happy about, very excited about, and I'm probably going to take off dancing right here in the studio. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. That's right. Do we agree with God? See, that's what happens with most people. They don't agree with God, although he's already told us he's given us authority. They still act like they don't have it. They still act like it's not available. But you have authority over the devil in Jesus' name. And so even before his resurrection, Jesus gave authority to his disciples. Even the 72, not just the 12, even the 72 came back saying, even the demons are subject unto us. You better believe it. You better believe it. And so I want you to go with me now to 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul's 
Second, in fact, did, did you know, just Bible trivia, this is Paul's last letter that he ever wrote. This is before his execution in Rome. This is Paul's final letter in the Bible, 2 Timothy. And he says this to Timothy, um, first, or 2 Timothy 1, let's read verses 6 and 7. Listen to this. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So let me stop there. We have the gift of God on the inside of us. We have the power of God. We have the love of God. We have the authority of God. It's already in us. We don't need more of it. We've got all of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This would be something good to get in your spirit. You don't need more power. You have all power. You don't need more power. You have all power. You have access to all power. I mean, how much more powerful can you get than the Holy Ghost? He is the spirit of power. How can you get more powerful than resurrection power, which is living in you? You don't need, don't ever stand at an altar at a church and say, Pastor, would you let him, I just need more power. I just need more anointing. You don't need more anointing. You don't need more power. That's one of, let me say it this way. That's one of the prayers that sounds holy. And, you know, maybe some people pray it genuinely because they don't know, they've never been taught, or they've not seen it in the Word. But hear what I'm saying. You don't need more anointing. And, in fact, there aren't levels of anointing in that way. Right? It's like, you know, well, you know, Brother Ted's filled up to about 78% anointing, you know, and then Brother Hagin was at about 96% anointing that he had received from God. No, it's, it's not like that. You're either anointed or you're not. Now, once you get anointing, anointed, you can learn how to yield to the anointing. You can learn, learn how to flow in the anointing. You can learn how to develop yourself so that you can release the anointing. Amen. That's why I like uh, that book, Releasing the Anointing. Because <clears throat> just because you are anointed doesn't mean you know how to release the anointing. Just because you are anointed doesn't know how you, mean you know how to yield to the anointing. Just because you are anointed doesn't mean you know how to allow the Holy Spirit to manifest his power through your life. And so I deal with some of that in my book on fasting and prayer because <clears throat> one of the things Jesus seemed to indicate to his disciples in Mark chapter 9, because this, again, this was before the resurrection, but Jesus uh, had an issue where there was a demon-possessed boy brought by his parents and his disciples couldn't even cast the demon out. And the, the parents said, Lord, would you try? Because we, we brought him to your disciples. They couldn't do it. And he said, you faithless generation, how long do I have to be with you? Bring the boy to me. And then later they said, Lord, how come we couldn't cast the demon out of that boy? And he said, this kind of demon does not come out except through prayer. Hmm. Didn't say through more anointing, said through prayer. And some translations said through prayer and fasting. So what is Jesus teaching? He's saying the reason you couldn't release the anointing the way that you were supposed to be able to release it, right? Because why would he rebuke them if they couldn't do what he was doing, right? If they said, well, you know, I was able to cast that demon out because I'm the son of God and you're not, you know, you're just my disciples. It takes me to be able to do it. No, he rebuked them because they should have been able to cast the demon out. 
But then he, what did he say? He said, this kind, so there are different types of demons. He said, this kind of demon doesn't come out except by prayer. You know what that means? He was telling his disciples, you've not been able to release the amount of authority that you're supposed to, to get this job done because you've not been praying like you should have been praying. Whoo. That's a rebuke to them. That's a heavy word, but notice that's the point he's making. You've got plenty of anointing. You got plenty of authority. I gave it to you. Plenty of power. You've just not been able to properly release it. Why? Because, that's right, that's why I said before the resurrection, Glenn, he brings out that was before the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but they had plenty of power, they had plenty of anointing, but what were they not doing? Dedicating themselves to prayer. And he said it takes a life of prayer in order to properly release the anointing the way that you're supposed to release it, right? And, and notice this, the only thing that the disciples ever asked Jesus to teach them of all the things they saw him do was what? Lord, teach us to pray. You know why? Because they understood it's his prayer life that's releasing this kind of power that's in him. It's his prayer life. That's it. So yes, we, there's, there's plenty of power in you. Welcome from Wyoming, Marie. There's plenty of power in you. There's plenty of authority. You have all of that in the Holy Ghost, but you can learn how to release it. You can learn how to uh, manifest it. You can learn how to yield to it. But you don't need more anointing, and you don't need more power, and you don't need more authority. It's been given to you already. I mean, if you thought about it logically, if the anointing or the power of God is the Holy Ghost, what else is God going to give you that would give you more power? Because he already gave you the power that raised Jesus from the dead. So what other thing is he going to give you that will add more power to what you already have? You've already got it all. Hallelujah. You've already got it all. You're overflowing with Holy Ghost power. And yes, Marie, you've got authority over the devil. And so I'm dealing with that today because notice uh, what Paul told Timothy here. He said, you need to fan into flame. Or uh, one translation said, stir up the gift that lies within you. So notice something here. We have a responsibility to stir up the gift. We have a responsibility to stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Prayer in the Holy Ghost. Read the Word of God. Praise God. Stir up the gift that came. Why? For God did not give us a spirit of fear. No. The life of... Uh, that's... Uh, that's Nancy right there. She said, Ted, is it wrong to ask for more power? I, if you're saying wrong as in it's, it's not sinful, but it, as I said a moment ago, Nancy, I believe it's, it's a question or a request that is originating from ignorance because you don't need more power. You don't need more power. You, what you may need, think about this, you may need more understanding of God's word. You may need more faith. You may need more uh, dedication to the kingdom that will allow you to release what you have, but you don't need more power and you don't need more authority. You've already got all that there is, but you got to stir up the gift. Amen. Now, faith can grow. Maturity can grow, right? Your ability to yield to the Holy Ghost, you can get better at that. You can learn to train your spirit man to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and yield when he speaks. Amen. But you don't need more power. And you don't need to ask for more authority or more anointing. You've got it. Hallelujah. 
And I, I agree with Glenn. He says, we need greater awareness of his power, which comes through time with God. And that quote unquote time with God is time studying his word. See, cause these things I'm teaching you today, I didn't always know these things, of course. But when I saw them in God's word, something clicked in me. I don't need more anointing. I don't ever need to raise my hands at the altar and say, oh Lord, just give me more power, Lord. More. No, I don't need more power. Use the power you've got, which is all power. Use the authority you've got. But see, that comes, in fact, <clears throat> let me show you something that Peter wrote. This will be very helpful to you. Did you know that the favor or the grace of God and the peace of God can actually abound in your life through something very specific. 2 Peter 1, 2. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Peter writes, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. So what does that mean? The only knowledge of God that there is is what's found in his written word. That is it. That's it. This is all the knowledge of God that there is that we have. His written word. And so, to Glenn's point, one of the ways that you can uh, advance in that area is through time in God's word. To learn about what's been given to you. To learn about your inheritance. To learn about your portion as a believer. Amen. And see, as you do that more and more, guess what? Grace and peace are multiplied to you. Well, the same is true with prayer, as Jesus said. The more you pray, the more you have the ability to release the power of God that's already within you. Uh, the great Methodist author, E.M. Bounds, who wrote 12 books in his lifetime, nine of them were on the subject of prayer. E.M. Bounds said, and this is the quote you've probably heard that's very famous, no prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. I'm talking about power being released. You couldn't say that a believer doesn't have power. So when you say no power, that means no power released, as Jesus told the disciples. Little prayer, little power released. Much prayer, much power released. In fact, the Bible tells us that. The Bible plainly tells us that. It says that the prayers of a righteous man make much power available. Thank you, Jesus. The prayers of a righteous man make much power available. And so that's what I'm teaching. So you've got to stir up the gift. Because why? God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind, or this translation said, or self-control. That means you've got control over yourself through the Holy Ghost. I don't, as I dealt with yesterday, I don't have to let every thought come into my mind and overtake me. I don't have to let every thought come into my mind and harass me. What did I teach you yesterday? 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, you're empowered to take those thoughts captive, make them prisoners, and make them obey Jesus Christ. Make them obey the word. Literally change, transform your mind. Do not be conformed to the spirit of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world or the spirit of this world, but be transformed. This is our year of transformation. How's it going to come? By the renewing of our mind through the word of God. Did you know that the word of God, according to Ephesians, is a washing, cleansing substance? 
The word of God, according to Paul's letter to the Ephesians, is a washing, cleansing substance. He said that he, God made his body clean by what? The washing of water by the word. The washing of water by the word. And Glenn's quoting that verse uh, from Philippians 4 that we covered yesterday. If you missed that, that's what yesterday was all about. The mind, taking, taking authority over thoughts uh, and all that, speaking back to the devil. Today, as again, what we're dealing with is the authority you have in Christ. Brother Hagin told a story one time. He was praying. And as he was praying, if you've never heard this story, he was praying and Jesus appeared to him. And Jesus <clears throat> began to share things with him in this vision. And it was stuff that was obviously stirring up his spirit. He needed to receive these things from Jesus in a time of prayer. But as soon as Jesus began speaking to Brother Hagin, a demon spirit appeared and came in between he and Jesus. And he said that it almost like resembled like a, a monkey, like a little monkey. And he said, as I was trying to listen to Jesus speak to me, this little demon spirit just sat there making a ton of noise, ton of noise, ton of noise, so that I couldn't hear what Jesus was saying. That's what Brother Hagin said. He said it just appeared like a little monkey and it started making noise and in his book, I believe he said, it just started making like yak, 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 just like that. Yak, yak. He said yakety, yak, yak, yak. He's just like making noises so that it would drown out Jesus' voice. And it was irritating Brother Hagin because he needed those words that Jesus was speaking to him and he just got more and more irritated about it and he thought to himself, why isn't Jesus casting this demon out of here? Why isn't Jesus casting this demon out of here? Why, why is it allowed to stay? And he said he finally got so upset about it that he just rebuked that demon, commanded it to get out. And he said when he did, that thing took off running and ran right out of, the, out of their presence. Just got right out. And Jesus said something to him that changed his life. And of course, this is part of the message God gave him, the authority of the believer. Jesus said, if you had not done something about that, I couldn't. And he said, it, I, it took everything within me. I could not believe what my ears. He said, now, Lord, hold on. He said, you don't mean you couldn't. You're telling me you wouldn't have done something, right? You wouldn't if I didn't. And he said, no, I'm telling you, if you had not done something about that, I couldn't do something about it. And he, and he said for the second, I said, no, Lord, hold on. He said, hold on a second. He said, no, you mean you wouldn't have cast it out. He said, no, I'm telling you, I couldn't have because he was teaching him that I'll allow what you allow. Did you ever notice that Jesus just doesn't come down and make every sick Christian whole? There are sick Christians. Did you notice that Jesus doesn't just come down randomly and in a, a, a blanket spread manner? Just eliminate all depression from every Christian, all anxiety from every Christian, all issues from every Christian. Did you ever notice that? If it, why are there so many Christians, if Jesus has already finished the work, if Jesus has already given us the Holy Ghost, if Jesus has already redeemed us, then why are there so many Christians who still are battling issues? Why is that? Because God allows what you allow. 
He's not going to force you to receive your healing. He's not going to force you to receive deliverance. He's not going to force you to receive peace and joy. He's not going to force you to live righteous or holy. You have to do it and take authority for yourself. God allows what you allow. And the, and the lesson that he learned there was, he said, I've already given you the authority. I've already given you the power. The Lord's speaking to Brother Hagin. I've already given you the authority. I've already given you the power. You've got to do something about it. That's what I'm teaching today. We've got to do something about it. And there comes a time that by the authority of the Holy Spirit, you just need to speak a word of authority, not just over yourself, but you speak to that thing and command it to go in Jesus' name. There's things you don't need to pray about. You don't need to pray about. I'll tell you, there's, there's been times where the enemies attack me with that. And I'll tell you what I'll say. In the name of Jesus, you foul spirit of fear. I command you to go in Jesus name. You foul spirit of heaviness. I command you to go in Jesus name. Leave my atmosphere, leave my room, leave my house. In the name of Jesus Christ, you have no place here. You spirit of discouragement, leave right now in Jesus name. And then I'll start to declare it. I thank you, Lord. I have a spirit of faith. I have a spirit of joy. I have a spirit of peace. Glory to God. I feel it on me right now. I have a spirit of faith. I have a spirit of joy. I have a spirit of peace. I have a spirit of faith. I have a spirit of joy. I have a spirit of peace. And then I tell you, and that thing will try and try. You say, no, in Jesus' name, you foul spirit of fear, go in Jesus' mighty name. You spirit of discouragement, heaviness, get out in Jesus' name. You get out in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no place in my home. You got no place on my family. Got no place in my children. You go now in the name of Jesus. Nothing has to go. That harassing spirit, that buffeting spirit that tries to come in and mess with your mind, come in, mess with your family, mess with your house. You cast it out in the name of Jesus Christ and declare, nope, not in my house, not in my mind, not on my life. In Jesus' name, I got a spirit of faith. I got a spirit of joy. I got a spirit of peace. I got a spirit of faith. I got a spirit of joy. I got a spirit of peace. I've got the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead, and he's dwelling in me. Ooh, glory to God, quickening my mortal body right now. I got resurrection power flowing through these veins, flowing through this body, flowing through my mind, exploding from my spirit because out of my belly will flow rivers of living water. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So every foul lie of the devil, get out in Jesus' name. My mind is protected by the word of God and I have the spirit of faith. I have the spirit of joy. I have the spirit of peace. And I'm just telling you, when that stuff tries to come against you, you just cast it out in the name of Jesus. Take authority. Take authority. Say, well, really, it's really just, you know, me thinking about the natural thing. Don't make what God said spiritual natural. Let's let that just be a rule. Can that just be a rule? Put it down in the comments. Stop naturalizing what God said is spiritual. Let's just, let's just say it flat. Stop naturalizing and normalizing what God said is spiritual in his word. And these things are spiritual. And for those of you that are jumping on, you're going to want to stick around for a few more minutes because I'm going to give you an announcement at the end of this broadcast that I'm so excited. I'm telling you, I feel like dancing today.
because God, a prophecy just came to pass that is a supernatural thing, and I want to share it with you. But I mean, stop normalizing what God said is spiritual. If God called it a spirit, stop just saying it's a chemical imbalance. I don't know why Christians do this. Stop believing people on the news and people in the medical arena more than you believe God. If God said it's spiritual, stop saying it's natural. Well, you know, you know, I know Christians like to spiritualize everything, but really it's just a chemical imbalance that's making me feel like this. And with proper medication and proper therapy, I could, no, no, stop natural. Now, listen, it may manifest that way in someone's body. It may manifest as a chemical imbalance in your brain. I understand that. There's a lot of things that can manifest as a sign, but what's the root cause? What's the origin? According to scripture, there's something called a spirit of fear. There's something called a spirit of heaviness. Yes, there is. And I just read it to you in 2 Timothy 1.7. God did not give us a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear. We're not called to have a spirit of fear. If I go back to uh, the book of Isaiah and I go to the 61st chapter. The Bible says, I will give unto them a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness. ESV, a faint spirit. I'm not going to, I'm not living with a spirit of heaviness. I'm not living with a spirit of fear. Not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not allowing it to come against my mind, to come against my family in Jesus name. So stop naturalizing. Well, it's just a chemical imbalance in the brain. No, no. Well, you know, really it's just me being a logical thinker. I'm just being a realist. No, no. Don't allow the lies of the enemy. This is how he works. What a great scam. This is a great, this is such a great scam. Come to people and deceive them with lies and then also try to get them to believe you don't exist. So that they believe that, they're, that the lies they're believing are their own thoughts that uh, are just based on logical thinking and realism. <laughs> what a great scam. Oh no, believe this, this, and this. And of course, I don't exist. That's you thinking that. No, it's a scam. And I refuse to subscribe to the devil's scams. No, it's a spirit of fear. And I don't receive it. I don't believe it. It's a spirit of heaviness. I don't receive it. I don't believe it. I don't live in that. Why? I have a spirit of faith. I have a spirit of joy. I have a spirit of peace. I have a spirit of faith. I have a spirit of joy. I have a spirit of peace. Again, let me just hit those three things. You need to say them on a daily basis. You're battling this. You rebuke the spirit of fear. You rebuke the spirit of heaviness and discouragement. And then you declare it. I have a spirit of faith. I have a spirit of joy. I have a spirit of peace. I told you on, um, what was it, Tuesday, that joy is an anointing. The Bible says it. Joy is an anointing. Because you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness, therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your brethren. Hebrews 1.9. Speaking of Jesus, Jesus operated in the anointing of joy. The oil of gladness. Hallelujah. 
We are part of his body. We now operate in the oil of gladness, the anointing of joy. Thank you, Lord. Well, if joy is spiritual, then let me tell you something. Heaviness is also spiritual. You ever wonder, how can a kid who's 11 years old have chronic depression when they've not even begun life yet? They've never had to try to apply for one job. They've never been fired. They've never been laid off. They've never not been able to pay their bills. They've never had to carry a mortgage. They've never had a broken relationship. What do you have to be chronically depressed about? Well, brother, it's a chemical. No, it's a spirit trying to attack our generation and destroy people. How can people be so, and it's not just that, well, you know, they've lived a hard life. What do you say to the people that haven't lived a hard life? How do you explain that? When you got an 11 year old that's got both parents in the home that goes to a nice school and still has to take antidepressants, how do you explain it? It's not natural. And how do you explain the rise in it over the last 30 years? You think it's just random? No. The devil is out to destroy, to steal, to kill. He's out to take people down. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spirit of heaviness. It's a spirit of fear. But you know what we have? We have the spirit of faith. We have a spirit of joy. We have a spirit of peace. Glory to God. We have a spirit of faith. Let me ask you a question. How does a spirit of faith get released? I told you yesterday. The apostles said, we believe we have the same spirit of faith, so we believe, therefore we speak. Spirit of faith is released by speaking. The spirit of faith is released by speaking. I'm gonna give you these three things, please write them down. Number one, the spirit of faith is released by speaking God's word. The spirit of faith is released by speaking God's word, that's number one. Number two, the spirit of joy is released by praising God. The spirit of joy is released by praising God. Number three, the spirit of peace is released by praying to God. Amen. The spirit of peace is released by praying to God. Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven and eight. Spirit of faith is released by speaking God's word. Spirit of joy is released by praising God. The spirit of peace is released by praying to God. Those three things. And then, of course, when the enemy comes at you, rebuke that enemy that's trying to attack your mind. Rebuke it in the name of Jesus. You cast it out. Doesn't mean <clears throat> that it's in your spirit possessing you. Christians can't be possessed. I've dealt with that in a previous broadcast. But there are attacks that come from the outside. Buffeting spirits. Buffeting spirits. And you know what you do? Take authority over it in the name of Jesus Christ. Take authority over it by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen, Erica. She's feeling that anointing getting stirred up. Spirit of God released by speaking God's word. That's right. Spirit of joy by praising. Spirit of peace by praying. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And that anointing stirs up. See, what are we doing? What Paul said, stir up the gift. Well, the more we get into God's word, the more we pray, the more we confess, the more we declare, we're stirring up the gift that lies within us. Every one of us has the gift of God. What did Paul write? We have this treasure inside of earthen vessels. Our bodies are the earthen vessels. Glory to God. And inside these earthen vessels, we've got a treasure. What is the treasure? The Holy Ghost and fire. 
Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost and fire. You don't need more power. You don't need more anointing. You don't need, need more authority. You've got them all in the fullness of the Holy Ghost. You need to release it. You need to release it. And the spirit of faith released by speaking God's word, the spirit of joy released by praising God, the spirit of peace released by praying. And I, again, uh, Pastor Stan Pody said, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. That's found in the book of James. Now, how do you resist the devil? How do you, re you rebuke him and speak God's word? Now, people don't recognize how much authority they have. That's why I'm doing today's session. People don't recognize how much authority they have. But you've got all power, all authority. Let me, let me give you this. And then, I mean, I, I know I need to pray for you today. And I'm going to give you this announcement because a prophecy quickly came to pass. And I wanted to share it with you today because it's going to encourage your faith that God is going to take care of you and do what he said he would do. No reason to be discouraged. No reason to be afraid. God's going to take care of you and your family. God's going to do what he said he would do. So stick around for that announcement. I'm telling you, I feel like dancing in here. The Bible says in Ephesians, <clears throat> let me go to the beginning of the book, Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians chapter one. I'll give you just a second to turn there. The Bible says that, and this is why Paul's giving thanks for these believers. <clears throat> <laughs> Amen, Brian. This is why Paul's giving thanks for these believers. He, and I'm going to start with verse 16, but I want you to catch this. What a powerful revelation. I don't stop giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him, watch this now, here's what I need you to understand today, and seated Jesus at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, glory to God, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And watch now, verse 22 and 23, man, and has put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now watch this. I'll polish it off with chapter two, verses five and six. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. At his feet ministries. Who is that? Said, I, I, uh, I always hear Brother Haggard say, far above, 
Far above. That's exactly right. He used to say that all the time. Far above. That's exactly it. But the reason I wanted you to see that is because notice the wording there. The wording is this. That God raised Jesus up and put all things under his feet. Oh, it's Tammy. Hey, Tammy. Put all things under his feet. And what? Gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body. So you're his body. How, now, now here's the question. How much higher than, these spiritual, than this spiritual wickedness did God place Jesus? Far above. Far above. That's how high. His feet. Now, now let's, let's, just, let's just show you. If this is the spiritual wickedness, I did this the other day on the broadcast. If this is the spiritual wickedness, this is not Jesus' feet right here, just, just a little bit above spiritual wickedness. The contrast would be too hard to see for this analogy because spiritual wickedness would be so far below him, but he would be so far above it that I couldn't even show you the analogy on camera. Even if she switched to the wide camera, it wouldn't even make, it would make any, any difference because there's such a gap between where Christ is seated and where you're seated with him and where all that spiritual wickedness that he's far above There's such a gap between the two, you can't even see the difference. It's so massive of a difference. But notice this, that we've been seated with him. So I don't care. Think about this. It it doesn't even matter if you are the bottom portions, the soles of Christ's feet. You say, well, I don't know which part of the body of Christ I make up. I don't know if I'm the finger. I don't know if I'm the kneecap. I don't know what I am. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're the soles of Jesus' feet. If you're that part of the body, even as the soles of his feet, you would be so far above every spiritual wickedness, all dominion, all rule, all authority. You'd be so far above that it's laughable. It's absolutely laughable. I said it's absolutely laughable how far above spiritual wickedness you are. Don't look at it again and say, well, I'm just, I'm down here in the trenches hoping God shows up to help me. You're not down in any trenches. You're not hoping God helps you. He already helped you. (laughs) Hallelujah. God already helped you when you were dead in trespasses and sins and he raised you up together and made you sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That was your help. Your help's not coming. Your help already came. And now, get this, now our responsibility is to get our minds renewed and to recognize I'm not a victim, I'm victorious. I'm not, I'm not hoping the devil doesn't take me out. It's impossible for him to take me out. I'm already victorious. That's why Paul reminded us in 1 Corinthians 15, thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Glory to God. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What am I telling you today? You've already got the authority. You've already got the victory. You've already got the power. You've already got that uh, anointing flowing in your body. All you got to do now, use it. All you got to do now, use what you've got. Use what you got. And I'll tell you this, when that enemy comes in to try to attack you, when he comes in to try to discourage you, when he comes in to try to lie to you and deceive you and to make you feel like that spirit of heaviness and that spirit of anxiety, I'm telling you right now, you need to just point your finger 
And I'll tell you, you might as well point it down because he's so far. He's not right in front of you. You need to point it down at right because he's so far under your feet. <laughs> Hallelujah. And command him in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every spirit of discouragement. I rebuke every spirit of fear. I rebuke every spirit of anxiety. Glory to God. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. And then what do you say? I thank you, Lord. I got a spirit of faith. I got a spirit of joy. I got a spirit of peace. I got a spirit of faith. I got a spirit of joy. I got a spirit of peace. I got a spirit of faith. Come on, Sandra. Say it out loud right where you're watching from. I got a spirit of faith. I got a spirit of joy. I got a spirit of peace. I'm telling you, those of you that are watching, those that are listening, just keep saying it. Just keep declaring it. I got a spirit of faith. I got a spirit of joy. I got a spirit of peace. Glory to God. I got a spirit of faith, a spirit of joy, a spirit of peace in the name of Jesus Christ. You got authority over the devil. You got authority over the devil. One time we were in a meeting with brother R.W. Shambach, tent meeting, and he was, they would put double wide trailers behind the tent as um, green rooms, if you will, offices, green rooms during those times. And uh, he'd prepare himself in the, in the trailer behind the tent before the service. And then he'd come out and come out onto the platform. Well, he was coming around, uh, getting ready to come out of the trailer. And this guy comes around the tent with a big old butcher's knife. And he's back there. And the ushers, they're looking. They don't know what to do. Here comes this big old guy with a butcher's knife. And he doesn't, he's, he's angry. And he said, he said, I need to speak to Brother Shambach right now. I need to speak to Brother Shambach. And there was Sister Shambach. And she's like taken aback by this guy standing there demonized with this, you know, big old butcher's knife in his hand and the ushers, you know, they're keeping their distance. And, uh, my father was back there and, and just saw, saw this guy coming around. I need to speak to brother Shambach right now. And just at that moment, as he's saying that brother Shambach stepped out of the trailer, he was coming out of the tent and he saw that guy standing there. And I mean, with a spirit of authority, he said, put that knife down in Jesus name. And that guy dropped that knife on the ground and backed up. He said, he said, what are you doing? He said, well, brother Shambach, I need to speak to you. He said, look in that tent. There's 5,000 people in there that want to speak to me. He said, now you get in that tent. You sit out on the front row and listen to me preach. And when I give the altar call, you better be the first one to the altar. Yes, sir. And he turned around. They went and broke that knife. He went and turned around and went in that tent and sat on the front row. And Brother Shambach preached. And when he gave the altar call, that man was the first one down to the altar to give his heart to Jesus. You don't have to just take life as it comes. You don't have to just put up with the devil's crap. You've got authority over the devil. You've got authority even over those that are demonized, people with demon spirits that are active. And you can learn, take authority in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Take authority in the Holy Ghost. Doesn't matter what the enemy tries to throw at you. You've got authority. Hallelujah. You've got authority in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. You've got authority. I've told you the story before. Lester Sumrall, being in that, um, being in that, a uh, place where he was believing God for uh, revival in the Philippines. And he heard on the radio, if you've never read this, you need to read it or watch it on YouTube. Get the book if you can get it on Amazon, Bitten by Devils, Bitten by Devils. There was a girl that was there in prison. Her name was Maria Villanueva, Villanueva. And uh, Brother, Brother Sumrall was believing for a revival on the island 
or, or in the Philippines, and he's just praying. And he had the news on in his car, and he heard the report of this strange thing that's going on in Manila, in the jails. There's a girl that was picked up off the street, and now she's having these attacks in her jail cell, and she's in there by herself. And she'll thrash about and have an episode, and after she thrashes and have, has an episode, she's got bite marks on her body. Some with saliva left behind and bite marks in places that she could not bite herself, like on her back, places like that. And she's in places that she could not reach. And so it couldn't have been anyone else. She's alone in her cell and they didn't know what to do. They were beside themselves. And the Lord spoke to Brother Sumrall and he said, here's your opportunity for revival in the Philippines. So Brother Sumrall goes in and... Um, goes into this cell. Well, it had become such a big news story now because it had been on the news and it was a, a, a weird occurrence that now there's a bunch of the press that are there at the jail that want to come into the cell with Brother Sumrall when he goes in to cast the demon out of this girl. And uh, he goes in and I'm telling you, they spoke right out. I mean, they spoke right out to Brother Sumrall in English and, and spoke right to him. And he told him before they went in, he said, listen, you need to be careful. He said, you don't, you don't need to just come into this room to cover this story. And some of them got freaked out and ran out when they saw what was going on. And he went in there, took authority over the devil, found out later that she would see these beings coming into her cell. And there'd be three of them. There'd be a, a, a one that was huge and muscled and there'd be two others. And he would kind of command those two and they would bite her and harass her in uh, her, or her jail cell. He goes in there by the power of the Holy Ghost and, um, and began to cast the demon out. And finally, Brother Summerall got her free from those demon spirits. She was delivered. And he told her, he said, now listen to me. Those demons are going to try to come back again when I leave. And they're going to try to harass you again. But when they come back, you let them know. You have no right to me any longer. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus and I belong to him. And you tell them when they come back. And she agreed that she would. He left. And it was just as he said uh, that one of those nights, a demon, those demons came back in her jail cell and she began to scream and thrash. And outside the jail cell, there was the guard that was sitting there. And uh, she couldn't remember what Brother Summerall had told her. But the guard remembered. He said, don't forget what the preacher told you. Tell them that you're washed in the blood of Jesus, that you belong to him. They have no right over you. He reminded her. And she said it and they left, they left the jail cell just like that, left and left her alone. What is that? Authority over the devil. The thing that used to harass her, the thing that used to have control over her, the thing that used to come in and torment her. Now, as a child of God, she had authority over the devil and cast them out of her own cell by the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, she got saved, got married and, um, Brother Summerall was called in to the government office and they said, because you've done this thing, what, we'll give you anything you want. What do you want? Brother Summerall said, I want the city square. I want to have revival and I want to be able to stay for a, you know, weeks and have revival. He said, you can have it. The city square, the city center in Manila. And he hit a revival that shook the Philippines. And today that church is still there with thousands of people in it. And it's pastored by Brother David Summerall there in Philippines, Manila, and still, still there are thousands of people from one revival that came from one miracle of taking authority over the devil and casting demons out.
And what I'm telling you is you've got power over the devil. You've got authority over the devil. If you remember, I told you the story when Brother Summerall was in his uh, hotel room one night and a demonic presence tried to come in to harass him. He's laying in his bed. And he said, as I did, the windows weren't even open, but the, sh- the, the curtains began to blow and wave in the air with no window open, with no breeze blowing. It was demonic. He said, my, my bed began to vibrate and my bed vibrated out from the wall. And he said, I felt that demonic presence and I rebuked it. I said, you foul devil, get out of this room in the name of Jesus. And when he said it, the bed stopped vibrating and the curtains flew back down, and hit the wall, and went back to normal. He said, but then I looked around and I got angry. I saw the bed was about three feet off the wall. He said, you demon, get back in this room. And he said, the bed started vibrating again and the curtains blew out again. He said, put that bed back against the wall in Jesus' name. And he said, the bed shook back towards the wall. He said, now get out in the name of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hallelujah. And the demon spirits left the room again. This is not a game, my friends. This is life or death. This is life or death. I'm I'm standing in the gap for you and with you because the devil's not going to have your mind. He's not going to have your joy. He's not going to have your peace. He's not going to have your strength. He's not going to steal your spirit of faith. You will not surrender it to the enemy. And here at the end of this uh, broadcast, before I give you this announcement about prophecy being fulfilled, I'm going to pray for you because there's people believing for miracles. I saw Sister Sandra had an accident, hurt her knee, can't walk. And so I'm going to pray. There's people that are battling in their spirit, battling in their mind. It comes to an end today in the name of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I pray. For every person watching me, every person in the Victory Tribe, I thank you, Lord. We've got a spirit of faith. We've got a spirit of joy. We've got a spirit of peace. A spirit of faith. A spirit of joy. A spirit of peace. We've got a spirit of faith. A spirit of joy. A spirit of peace. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I take authority over every lying, deceptive spirit that's come against their minds. Every spirit of fear every spirit of discouragement, every spirit of heaviness. And I command it to go in the name of Jesus Christ from this moment. Do not harass them another day longer in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for Sean, believing for healing of his eyes, muscles, nerves. In the name of Jesus, I loose healing virtue to Sandra where she is. Touch her knee, make her whole. Let her be mobile again by the power of your Holy Spirit. Every person that's believing for healing miracles today, I pray in Jesus' name, touch them, Lord, by your spirit. I take authority over this spirit that harasses Lula every night as I'm getting ready to go to sleep and in my sleep. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ for Alvis, Lord, healing in his head and anxiety has to go in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it, Lord. We give you praise for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. Let me read you this testimony. This was just this Sunday during communion service. Listen to this. Hello, Pastor Ted. Just wanted to testify. This morning was amazing. Two days ago, I pulled a muscle in my neck, making it unbearable to function. I was up every hour last night because of how uncomfortable that pain left me after that. This was one of our workers. And after communion this morning, I felt God's power run through me and heal my body No more pain. All of the pain left his body right during the communion service this last Sunday on Easter. And I'm telling you, we serve a God that does the supernatural. 
Don't expect to live a normal and natural life when you're connected to a God that does supernatural things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're going to give you an opportunity to, to sow and to give uh, into the ministry today, but I also want to give you a testimony, as I said. This is a prophecy fulfilled for those of you that are watching. And again, you need to share this broadcast. People need this. But I was preaching last week in uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia. And as I was taking the offering one night, the Holy Ghost hit me and said, uh, and I said this, I mean, I didn't even think about it. I just prophesied it because it's what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, uh, somebody is getting ready to give $100,000 to the church. I'm talking about our church, Miracle Word Church. And somebody, separately, is getting ready to give a $10,000 seed. Now, those are the only two he told me. Somebody going to give $100,000. Somebody going to give $10,000. Hallelujah. And today, it's so interesting because how the Lord does this. And then today, I get this message. This came in from John in Oklahoma one of our extended family members of the church. Uh, he said this, part of the Victory Tribe. He said, good morning, Pastor Ted. About a month and a half ago, see, now I didn't know this, but the Holy Ghost knew it. He said, about a month and a half ago, the Lord spoke to me and told me to give $149,000 to Miracle Word Church as I was praying. I accepted that call right then and responded, Lord, provide the seed and I'll sow it. Well, as our great Heavenly Father does, He's provided I'm putting a check for the whole amount in the mail today. Hallelujah. I'm dancing on that one. Glory to God. Holding my mic and dancing all over the studio. Glory to God. I'm dancing till I'm tangled up in my wires. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. God's word comes to pass. Thank you, Lord. I said, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And I thank God because these things are taking place. <laughs> and I'm telling you, my faith is, is set because um, I told the Lord at the beginning of this year, hear, hear this now, I told the Lord at the beginning of this year, I said, Lord, I'm believing you as we launch this church that all everything we need is going to be right in place. I said, but not only that, I thank you that millions are coming in to this church to impact this city. That's, that was my confession. I said, thank you, Lord. Millions are coming in to this church to impact this city. And it's already begun. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I said, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to let miracles like that happen and God bring his word to pass and not praise him and dance and shout and give him glory. I'm not doing that to be funny. I'm doing that because I'm not even done praising. I praise before the broadcast. I'm praising on the broadcast. I'll be praising after the broadcast. I sent Carolyn the message. I sent the Miracle Word team the message. Everybody's shouting. Carolyn's getting her hair done this morning, and she's weeping. People probably think she has emotional problems in the salon. She said, I'm, I'm crying. People in here probably think I'm crazy. She said, I'm crying and thanking Jesus. People probably think I'm nuts. Who cares? We don't even care what they think. Hallelujah because we're so thankful for what God's doing. And so we say, thank you, Jesus. Now, the Lord's already speaking to that other person that was from that week to sow the $10,000 seed. And so we say, thank you, Lord Jesus, it's coming in. But listen, get in on this because there's miracles taking place for people. That same brother shared with us that the Lord did something through him uh, and in him that was unusual. And you heard us give the testimony, maybe, if you didn't, let me share it. 
He said when God sent him out there to start the businesses, um, the, he had prayed and he, God had given him the, the, the go ahead and they began these businesses and doing the things that he's doing. And he shared with us, he said uh, in just one week's time, I believe it was, or just over a week, he said over 70, I believe it was, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you're on, John, over $70,000 in contracts came into his business. And then he closed. Now think about this. I had people actually text me and call me after, said, please connect me with him. I want to figure out how he did this. He said, I closed on three properties that we're going to build homes on. He said, I closed on each property for $100. $300, three properties where they're going to build homes. Now that's, that's what did we say was going to happen for this year? That we were going to declare it's the Lord's doing eight days. That's right. He said eight days and you are correct. It's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. We said that is going to be our confession all year long. It's our year of transformation. So all we're going to be able to say is it's the Lord's doing and marvelous in our eyes. It's the Lord's doing and marvelous in our eyes. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, I pray. Lord, touch Caitlin. There's Mike Laval. Touch Caitlin's back right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that tried to come against her back, whether she tweaked it or whatever is going on, Lord, I release healing virtue. Just like you touched her dad yesterday and he got out of the hospital with, a, with, with no bad report, touch her back right now in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you speak to every person today about what they should sow. Let them get in on the supernatural financial miracles you're doing in 2023. We're all going to be a part of it. And we say thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Now, Lord, as you speak to us, we'll be faithful to obey your voice and sow our seeds. And we thank you that as we do, increase is quickly coming. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.